This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. You go to a Jewish community, you go to Israel, and if the paramedics are Jewish, they would pick up the blood off the floor because blood is sacred. Blood is important. It's not treated like trash, but the world treats it like trash. Blood is important because God created it. You have it. It's in you. But more importantly, it's not the physical blood that you have to give you life physically, but the blood of Jesus Christ that gives you life eternally. It's always been the plan of God. When people sinned in the Old Testament, a sacrifice was made and blood was shed in order for them to be forgiven. Blood has lost its value in today's world as we as humans engage in bloodshed, whether in war or crimes against one another. Pastor Eddie explains the value of blood from the Bible in today's message. The most precious blood is that of Jesus, who died on the cross for you so that you could receive salvation and eternal life. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 9. As he continues his message, the heavenly sanctuary. So the testament here, the word testament is the same word as covenant, but in the context here in the Greek is referring to what we call a will. A will. What good is a will if the person's still alive? Okay, now if you're on somebody's will, don't do anything crazy, okay? But it's of no value if the person is still alive. The will has no effect if the testator is still alive. It means nothing. It has no power. And this is the picture the writer of Hebrews is trying to give here. Jesus is that mediator. There is a testament, a covenant, a will, if you will, okay? And Jesus is the one who's the testator. Once he dies, that new covenant you benefit from, you see. You benefit. It gives us a picture. The covenant is in full effect because Jesus died on the cross. The new covenant, spoken of in Jeremiah 31. God prophesied there's going to be a new covenant, you see. And so when a person dies, right, in order for the will to take effect, what do you need? A death certificate, right? Jesus, we didn't have a death certificate, but the cross is the receipt. The cross is the proof that Jesus died. So the will is in effect now. And the empty grave is the receipt of his resurrection. And guess what? He not only wrote the will, he not only, because of his death, we benefit, but also he's the executor of the will. He's the one we get the blessing. Because he died on the cross, you see. That's the picture he's given here. Now, let's look at verses 18 to 21. It says, therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. There was always blood. Blood is in the picture here. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and goats and water, scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself, the commandments and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you. That's right, blood on the people. This is bloody, yeah, on the commandment and on the people. Don't worry, we're not going to do that here, I promise. This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you, verse 21. 
Then, likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels, that's all the furnishings in the tabernacle, of the ministry. So the first covenant, the old covenant, was ratified by blood. It was by blood. Everything is blood. The Old Testament required blood for purification. And this we find in Exodus chapter 24, verse 6a. So I'm going to take you back to Exodus. And it says, And Moses took half the blood and put it in the basin, and half the blood, and he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of people, and they said, All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Well, to get the effect, why don't we read that? Isn't quote? Everybody read that. What it says, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Now I know how Moses, okay, I just want to get that effect from me. Just kidding. (laughs) Verse eight, and Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Wow. Can you imagine blood being sprinkled on the furnishings, on the book and, and on the people? Let's look at verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. What the writer means by all things, almost all things, well, some things require other offerings. And without shedding of blood, the end of verse 22, there is no remission. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. You say blood, blood. Why? Why so much blood? Well, because there's life in blood. This is what Jesus said. This is what the Lord said back in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says this. The Lord says this. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for souls. It's the blood. You know, I don't know if you ever heard this as a believer and some of your friends are not Christians. And as you know, Christianity is a bloody religion. The Bible is filled with blood. Absolutely, said the person, you know, oh, it's all blood, said the person who have 10 units of blood in his body. Every single one of us have blood. Hello, we're alive. You have blood. You walk in, a, the average person, 1.5 gallons of blood. Every single one of us. Okay, we all have blood. There's a lot of blood in this room. You go to the bar, there's a lot of blood. You go to Walmart, there's a lot of blood. Blood is what gives life. What happens is we have this negative connotation with it because blood, to the world, they make yeah, it is bad if it comes out of a body in the wrong way. Murder, assault, right? Blood, God created to give life. So as Christians, our perspective shouldn't be a worldly perspective because there's life in blood. God created blood. Every single one of us has blood. Blood is a picture of life, and it's essentially one. It means the same in the Bible. It is the blood. Blood counts for 10% of body weight. 10 units, it sustains the nutrients that your body do. Without blood, there is no life. You understand. You are breathing today physically. You're alive because of blood. Blood is important. That's why God takes sin so seriously. Not only because sin separates man from God, but sin kills. The wages of sin is what? Death. When God told Adam, if you eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, that day you will surely die. Obviously, he didn't die physically, but he was dying, starting to die. There was no need to celebrate a birthday or have a calendar because man was created to live forever. But because of sin, there is death. And that's why God takes sin seriously. Because sin separates man from God, but it also kills. It takes the life out of you. It takes your blood out of you. 
But it's the blood of Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life. The blood that God created us in the beginning gave us life physically. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, give us life eternally. You understand? Blood is important. It's essential for Christianity. It's important because when you repented, I'm not saying you're a Christian. Everybody's a Christian by, okay, we're from America as a Christian nation. Well, it used to be, but anyhow. Oh, my parents are Christian. My father was a minister. My great, 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 great was a minister. And so that means I'm a Christian. You might be a Christian by name, but to be a Christian or true Christian according to scriptures, according to the blood of Jesus Christ, blood is required. Because to pay for sin, there needs to be blood. Because life, do you understand? That's why the world say, what's this bloody religion? You have a negative connotation, or you have this negative view about blood. But blood is important. That's come, you ever see the passion, the movie, The Passion of the Christ? And you saw that it's not in the Bible, but you find in that movie, you find the wife of Pilate felt bad for Mary because Christ was being crucified, and they scourged him, and his blood was over the floor. And the wife of Pilate gave Mary. This is not biblical again. This is not biblical. But just to give you the illustration, they gave Mary some linen so she could pick up and wipe the blood of her son off the floor. You go to a Jewish community, you go to Israel, and if the paramedics are Jewish, they would pick up the blood off the floor because blood is sacred. Blood is important. It's not treated like trash, but the world treats it like trash. Blood is important because God created it. You have it. It's in you. But more importantly, it's not the physical blood that you have to give you life physically, but the blood of Jesus Christ that gives you life eternally. It's always been a plan of God from the very beginning. From the lamb, from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned, what they got covered him with tunics. Animal had to die for them to be clothed. Cain and Abel, right? Abel, you know, sacrificed the lamb. Passover, sacrifice of lamb put on the blood the doorpost of the door the day of passover the nation of israel blood from a lamb the picture of the lamb and the blood has always been from the very beginning in the garden the lamb was killed so that adam and eve could be clothed abel sacrificed the lamb it was a sacrifice a lamb personally the day of Passover is not only a lamb personally, but it's a lamb for the family, Passover. They were in the house. Death would pass over because they saw the blood. Picture of Jesus. We will have eternal life because of the blood. Then the nation of Israel, God commanded them to sacrifice lamb for the nation. So you have a lamb from the very beginning in the garden. You have a lamb personally for Abel. You have a lamb for a family the day of, uh, for Passover. Then you have a lamb for a nation. And then when John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he said, Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin, not for one person, not for a family, not for a nation, but for the world. The blood has always been a picture. So if they want to call the Christianity a bloody religion, so be it. But you need to understand this blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? This is why it's important, the scriptures with this blood, is because of sin, it separates from God. You're not going to go to heaven because you're a good person. And hear me what I'm saying, because it's biblically correct, it's theologically correct, it's scripturally correct, that good people do not go to heaven. Only those who are born again through Jesus Christ. Because good, by what definition? There are people that do good. They do good better than some Christians. But they hate God, they mock God, they curse God. But what is good? Only those that accepted Jesus Christ, those who are born again. This is Jesus. 
Jesus said this. Billy Graham didn't say this. The Pope didn't say this. Pastor Eddie's not saying this. This is in the Bible. Jesus said you must be, Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus said, well, how can I go back to my mother's womb? It's not the flesh. But born again by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Out of the rib of Adam, God created man. We're all God's creation. Out of the rib of Adam, we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children unless you come out of the rib of Christ. God created Eve out of the rib of Adam, and it was at the rib of Christ, of Jesus, the cross, when the Roman soldier speared the side of Jesus to see who was dead, when he already gave up his body. The Bible says that blood and water came out, and it is the blood of Christ that makes us born again spiritually. So if you're born naturally out of the rib of Adam, you don't go to heaven. You need to be born again twice. Born naturally and born spiritually out of the rib of Christ. Born twice, die once. Born once, die twice. You're born twice, born physically, born out of the rib of Christ. You only die once physically, but because you're born spiritually, you don't die. You have eternal life. You understand. But if you're born once and not born again spiritually, you understand. You die twice physically and your soul eternal damnation. This is why the blood is important. And I don't mean to get off the topic here, but I felt it was important for us to understand that. This is the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the blood. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23. He goes on to say, Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in heaven should be purified with these. The same way he sprinkled blood on the people. But he said the heavenly things themselves with a better, that word better is mentioned 13 times because that's the theme of the book of Hebrews. Better than angels, better than Joshua, better than the high priest, better sacrifice than these. Jesus Christ, his blood is better. First Peter chapter 1 verses 18 or 19, Peter writes this, knowing that you are not redeemed, you're not redeemed with corruptible things, with silver or gold. For your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of the lamb without blemish, without spot. You have been redeemed with sticks and bricks and gold and sprinkle of this and that. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Verse 24, for Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, not the earthly tabernacle, which are a copy of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God, for who? For us, for you and I. He goes to the Father on our behalf. It is Christ. He goes into the Holy Holy for us. What did Jesus do after he got off the cross? He's in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you, praying for you. Back in verse 15, he says, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. He's the mediator. Romans chapter 8, verse 34, Paul writes this. It, says, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. This is what Jesus is doing right now. He's interceding for you. He's not playing video games He's right next to the Father. He's up in heaven interceding for you. He's praying for you. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, again, therefore... He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. As we speak right now, Jesus Christ is interceding on your behalf. When we get up and we break bread and we fellowship, he's interceding for you. When you get on your car to go home, he's interceding for you. 
He is interceding for you. Always understand that. You know, we do ask for prayer. We should. We should pray for one another. Corporate prayer. Prayer is important. We need to pray. But know this, that Christ is interceding for you. Verse 25, it says, not that he, speaking of Christ, offered himself often. He didn't do it like the high priest who did it every year. As the high priest entered the most holy place every year with blood of another, verse 26, he then, Jesus, would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. He would have to go on the cross all over again. He only did it once, once and for all, and that's it. But now, once at the age, end of the ages, is speaking about the first coming of Christ, the climax, the Old Testament period, all those things. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. It's the only way, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't be right by being good. Well, I want to be good my way. Well, your way is, the, how far did it get you right now? Nowhere. The Bible says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end it leads destruction. Man could have their way. God has his. Either follow your way. If you have a Bible, you made your own Bible. You wrote your own book. No, there's only one God who created you. He knows better. I have a Ram truck. I'm not going to go to a Ford dealer. Sorry for those F-150s. You go to the dealer because they know. They know their cars. I go to Jesus. He created me. He knows me. I need to be right with him. And verse 27, it said, As it is appointed for men to die once... But after this, the judgment. Now, we tend to use this a lot and just, it means what it means, but if you read it in context, it's really a principle and in theory because the reality is, what if you're raptured? You're not going to die. But surveys say, you know my survey, 10 out of 10 people die, right? We all die. But you might be raptured. You might be caught up to be with Christ. Just like Enoch. Enoch skipped death. There's two in the Bible that skipped death. And you may say, well, I don't believe it. They don't believe in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. Jesus was born of a virgin. I believe that. I believe all the miracles that are in the Bible, every single one, because God is not subject to science. He created science. He's not subject to physics. He created all that. Enoch and Elijah are the two that, that skipped death. And the Bible says that one day when Christ comes, we will be raptured. We'll be caught up. And if you're caught up to be raptured, you will not die. But what he's trying to point here is that just as men, principle, die once, Jesus died once on the cross. That's what he's trying to say. Read it in context. It goes together. The one thing is that we will be judged. Jesus would not be judged. He's going to be the judge. Okay? When you die, survey says you will die, right? Absent the body, be the presence of the Lord. You're going to call Jesus Savior or you're going to call him judge? I'd rather go to see him as my Savior than as my judge. There's no between grounds. It's heaven or hell. Okay? There's no between grounds. Pointed man wants to die. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be in the presence of the Lord. Once we die, those who have been born again, absent of the body, be present of the Lord. Where will we go once you die? To heaven, if you believe in Jesus Christ. It's his heaven. Okay? It's not Muhammad's heaven. It's not Harry Krishna's heaven. It's not Reverend Sung Moon's heaven. Okay? It's Jesus' heaven. You need a king in order to enter the kingdom. And heaven is the kingdom, and Jesus is the king. You need to follow him. It's his heaven. Pluralism say all roads lead to heaven. All roads do not lead to heaven. Logically, it doesn't make sense. You're going to call me, you have to dial the exact seven numbers. One number off, you're not going to call me. 
right? GPS. How do I get to your house, Eddie? Well, just put any address on your GPS. You're going to come to Really? You need the exact address, zip code and all. But see, pluralism, say, all roads, now all roads lead to heaven. It's God's heaven. Let's read verse 27 to 28 so you can read it. We get more context out of this. And it says, and is it appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment, verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear for the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him. Who are those? You and I. We eagerly wait for God. We believe him. He's coming again. He will appear the second time. This is not his second coming where he will rule and reign with the church, but this is talking about the rapture. Rapture. But Pastor Eddie, the word rapture is not in the Bible. So the word Bible is not in the Bible. The word Trinidad is not in the Bible. It all depends on what version of the Bible you're reading. If you could read Latin, it's in the Latin Vulgate from Jerome, right? And the word caught up, which we're going to read right now, is the Latin word raptus. But we read it in the English, in 1 Thessalonians, in the Greek, where it says harparzo. Let's read that first, and we'll come to a close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 18, it says this. Paul says this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. That's not his second. He's just going to descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, those who have died in Christ. Now, they're in the presence of God. Their soul is in the presence of God. But their physical body in ashes in the grave. Whether you cremate it or whether you're laid in a coffin, it really doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't say cremation is a sin. You're just speeding up the process, okay? And it said, those who are died and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, here it is, who are alive, here's the rapture, and remain shall be caught up. Those two words caught up. We don't have a single word in English, but it is the Latin word for raptus. It is the Greek word harparzo, but we only have two. It means to be taken by force. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another. This is true. Jesus said, the days will be just like Noah. When Noah building an ark, and everybody said, Noah, listen, you got this boat. What is a boat? It's in front of your lawn. What are you doing? You got this boat in your lawn. Rain. What is rain? I never heard of that. What is rain? Just like today. Christ is coming. Fire from heaven? Oh, yes. It says in the Bible. Jesus said, just like the days of Noah, they'll be drinking, marry, giving into marriage. Not that marriage is bad. It just means that they're going on with life. They're not going to believe it until the flood came. In the same way, Christ is coming. You need to be ready. It's not because you're good. It's because you're born again through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. 
Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.